You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Deep Tran. I'm Will Sitzels. And we're your token theater friends, people who love theater so much that, I don't know about you, Jose, but like last night when I was watching the VMAs, I was thinking, how can Broadway do this? How can we get Broadway actors and chorus members to like dance and mask, dance and sing and mask? Cats. Like a cat mask. (laughs) Like shows where everyone plays animal blanking. Mm. Basically, shows about animals. Yeah. Or they can do, someone can do like this, uh, what was it called? Uh, well, I'm forgetting everything in quarantine. The, um, Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Mr. Burns Press Electric Clay by Ann Washburn. Yeah. So everyone's wearing a Simpsons mask. So, you know, it's safe. And let's see what else. Someone can do like a, like an adaptation of the Life Aquatic, like Chris Anderson movie that they're scuba divers. So everyone gets to wear like scuba diving gear. Uh, what else? I mean, there's options. What I really want is for someone, you know how like my, the first musical I ever truly loved was Phantom of the Opera? What I really want is for someone to make a themed mask, but you know, the entire face. Hmm. Like, where are my show themed face mask? There's a niche market for you. So if someone knows <laughs> how to decide those, get to it right now. Uh, one of what's been really interesting, I've noticed about like all these uh, people trying to perform together. They have to quarantine together for like two weeks. They have to like, like Survivor, like the Real Housewives, where they're all stuck in a house together. <laughs> and so someone on, on Twitter, I think it was Larry Owens of A Strange Loop, suggested if Broadway did this, they'd have to like take a Marriott and just turned it into like a... A theater hotel where you sign a contract and you can't see anyone you love. It's just your show people for like a year. This is like fun a little bit, right? The I mean, sl- they can all go quarantine in Patty LuPone's basement. The entire cast of Company should go quarantine in Patty LuPone's basement and then do Company. Although I'm sure that at some point Patty would turn into Saw. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the musical. So Patty LuPone. <laughs> I never saw that, but like, talk about someone wearing a mask. You never saw Saw? Saw? I don't watch horror movies. Yeah, that was just like, not even like horror, it's just gross. Yeah. So, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, you know, Freddy Krueger, the musical, and and that'd be a great way to wear a mask. We'll just think of ways you can 
creatively incorporate masks into shows? I mean, they can just also go back into like Greek style theater, and everyone wore a mask. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like who needs to emote anymore? You know, it's like the mask shows my feelings. Yeah, but then like obviously like all the awards and stuff would be like, oh, they're wearing masks. Like, how are we gonna nominate, nominate their acting? And it would turn to. I mean, they would find a way to like, I don't know, make it hard for people to uh, for this to work because everyone just wants everything to go back to like it was. It, that's not gonna happen, right? Uh, not really. But the interesting thing about the VMAs was it kind of showed me how the Tonys can do performances, like without having to be in front of a live audience. And I hope that you know the producers are taking some inspiration and renting some sound stages or fun New York City locations and quarantining people so they can sing and dance for us in fancy costumes at home. As usual, you're expecting way too much from the Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just miss production value so much, you know? I mean, yeah, I hear you, but yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, I mean, you're asking this of the same people who refuse to give women and, like, BIPOC playwrights Tony's for best play, so. Hey, I'm still hoping for Jeremy O'Harris. I'm, yeah. I will carry that torch. <laughs> but, uh, well, what are we talking? What's on the actual show today, Jose? We saw shows, actually. We saw shows! Say. Yeah. We experienced some shows this week, so we are going to be talking about our experience at Theater for One, which is exactly that, Theater for One. One on one. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a little bit. And our guests today are the Bengsons, a married couple who you know for their lovely music and shows like 100 Days and The Lucky Ones. They currently have a show at the Actors Theater of Louisville called Keep Going Up Song. We talked to them. For a while, but they were in the woods, which is like very, you know, it could be also a horror musical, right? But no, with them, it's always going to be a lovely, beautiful musical with a happy ending. Uh, so we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit. What else is going on? I think last week was a really hard week for a lot of people, including us. And that's, and you can, I feel like you can kind of hear that today just because I think both me and Jose are pretty low energy at the moment, you know, because because last week, uh, Jacob Blake, a black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, was shot seven times for no reason in the back by police, which then led to more protest, as has been happening nationwide since June. And, and, then, and then the RNC was happening, the Republican National Convention slash, you know, fascist dictator party was also happening at the same time. And then at the end of that week... Chadwick Boseman died, which it was just kind of the cherry on top of this really shitty Sunday of a week slash 2020 is we we can just, you know, go into trash. It's like, we're done. We're done. Yep. Like I was on Twitter on Saturday night when that news broke and you could just see like the shock waves going through people of wait how how is he how is he dead he's only 43 years old oh my god he he did so much oh my god he had cancer while filming black panther and the five blood and, and all of his other amazing films in the last four years I, I think it just really shocked a lot of people because it was on top of all this really terrible terrible stuff that's been happening to black men black people around the country did you see that production of uh, 
in the penal colony by Marina Heyman last year? Uh, no. I was thinking about that a lot because she took this text by Kafka and she adapted it into a play that pretty much showed what we saw last, uh, what we saw last week is how in this country, it's almost like there's two like paths for black men specifically to follow. One of them is the path that Republicans seem to want the most, which is to put them in prison, right? And the other path is the one that liberals uh, don't seem to see what that is the problem, which is like this, you know, they become like heroes and they become like, you know, celebrities and like sports uh, players and like actors and like good people, right? So this country only gives black men those two choices. They're either bad people who go to prison or perfect people who go to, uh, you know, who have to be perfect at all times. And no one can be perfect at all times. Like, I mean, like we see white men, especially, are almost never perfect. And yet, they don't have to deal with this two, like, binaries. And I was thinking so much about that uh, production because it really struck me in how it's almost like, not almost like, this country doesn't give black men the opportunity to just be you know, it's either one or the other. And it's such a ridiculous thing that the rest of us uh, perpetuate, enforce, and enable. And, I mean, I wish everyone could have seen the production because it speaks to this moment and, and almost like, you know, like, it's so eerie and it's really depressing. And it's so funny that you said we're low energy because I've had, I've never had more caffeine than today. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I can't seem to pick myself up because it's, I don't know. It's really, it's too much. Yeah, it's it's Chadwick Boseman when he died. It, it it made me think of that line in Hamilton of like, why do you write like you're writing out of time? And it was because like in that musical, he knew he had very li- he was living on borrowed time, and he had and that he had something he really needed to do, which was to create positive, powerful representations of black men and black people in the world that were free of stereotypes that people could be proud of and can see themselves in. And I think and I think if you look at his filmography, like he like he he played Jackie Robinson and he also played he he was a Black Panther and he inspired people like all over the world and he also played James Brown and he and his final film is going to be opposite Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and so like you could see like this very intentional like choice of saying I'm not going to take any any role that doesn't better the community that doesn't put something great out into the world and and what was i feel like really tragic is the fact that he yeah he's he died really young like at the peak of his career but also but also the fact that the industry if he had to keep it secret otherwise he wouldn't have been able to work because the industry when you're a person of color like you have like you said like you have to be perfect and you have to be strong and any sign of weakness is a sign that you're unhirable even if it's illness and it's like you know that Hamilton thing was very true about Hamilton it's very true about Chadwick but also it's very true about I believe all black men in America like I mean they're running out of time because this country keeps killing them Mm -hmm. for fun 
like with no purpose, just because they can. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I don't I don't even know if we have anything. Well, I have anything to say other than I'm really heartbroken this weekend. It's um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever feel like, like with Chadwick Bo- Boseman, he was he was also very much that thing that people of color do, which is like, you can't just do things for yourself. You got to do things for the betterment of the community. And there's, there's always something very beautiful about that, but there's all, also something very tragic about it in that even if you're sick, you still have to fight. Even when John Lewis was sick and battling cancer, like he was still fighting. And, and I think it's the, I think, I think maybe what we're feeling right now and what, you know, black people are feeling right now and so many other people people are feeling that that just general exhaustion of just why can't I ever do things for myself? Why does it always have to be in service of for for other people? Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's a even, you know, Megan the Stallion was shot by her partner, right? And she chose not to call the cops because she knew that they would probably kill him. So can you imagine? I mean, I can't. Uh, even in pain, even in, when someone, even when someone shoots you, you're thinking, I was shot, but the person who shot me, who shot me, right? That's terrible. Um, can be killed because of who they are. I don't know. This country is sick. Jesus Christ. Okay. I don't know. That's not going to be fun for our, for our listeners, probably. <laughs> uh, well, we can't. I mean, we always try to be honest with all of you about what we're feeling. And this is, and these are the feelings right now. That was quite, and it was quite beautiful that uh, ABC, uh, aired Black Panther without any commercials and like the the ratings were actually quite high. So, oh, they were? Yeah. Did you know that Chadwick Boseman was a playwright in Chicago before he decided to become a Hollywood actor? No. Yes! His play was actually quite good. What was it? Okay, and it was produced in Chicago in 2005, Congo Square Theatre Company, and it was called Deep Azure and his artistic statement said, quote, it's an experiment to push the boundaries of the genre of hip hop theater, which was itself pushing the boundaries of theater. Deep Azure is in some ways a fusion and progression of my previous plays, as well as a fusion of cultural expression spanning distances and time periods. Maybe someone will produce that as a point right That would be great, right? But it's also that thing like, why are we celebrating? You know, why do, why do people have to die? You know, why do people have to die before they're celebrated? It's like, I don't know. I know. Uh, Why didn't he get the Oscar for Black Panther? You know? It's questions. Yeah. You're asking asking from the Oscars, (laughs) but you're asking from the Tonys. I mean, like, it's sad because, you know, like, it sounds corny, but, you know, sometimes heroes are actually superheroes in the movies and they're even more heroic in person. Uh, Sorry, in real life. And I saw Heartbroken just seeing all the pictures of all the, uh, Kids, you know, mm-hmm. black kids, white kids, all kids, not only black kids, just mourning that, uh, no, they're superhero die, but also kids are superhero die. So we're with you this time. Yeah. We're feeling it. Go watch Black Panther. Go watch more of his movies. Someone produces plays. 
and uh, make a better industry so that other black actors, actors of color, don't have to work as hard. Yeah, just make a better world and fucking mm-hmm. vote for Joe Biden if you can. Because mm-hmm. the option of not voting or for voting for the other person, selfish as fuck. Yep. It's actually evil. Yep. Chadwick Boseman's final tweet was, vote. So, Are you for real? Yeah, he, he tweeted a photo of him with Kamala Harris. Yeah, if people don't learn from that, please, Meteor, come and eradicate us like you did with the time. It's weird. <laughs> the Meteor is coming the day before the election. Uh, That's who I'm voting for. <laughs> Oof, okay, that was quite a... Yeah, uh, but we would love to hear from you if you're listening to this and if you want to grieve with us this is the time for all of us to be grieving and mourning and you know it's, it's a time precisely to not do what white supremacy tells us which is to separate our feelings and our politics and our spiritual beliefs and our passion from who we are because we can't we are one we are human beings and it's time that we stop doing that so mourn with us mm-hmm. right. yeah and uh, and to quote theater for one, like we are here, we are here now, together, which is actually the theme of the the series of plays that they're producing until uh, until September twenty fourth. Did did you ever see the actual theater for one, like the little like pop up installation they do? What was it? Uh, I saw it when it was down in like Lower Manhattan. But I've seen the tiny tiny theater, but I don't think I ever saw the theater for one. Yeah, I and I've I saw it, and it's like this little box where a little very nicely decorated box with a curtain inside, where you audience go through one door, and the actor goes through another door, and the actor performs a monologue just for you, and then it's like speed dating, where you see like five plays in a row, and it's like a different actor comes in each time, but at the end you don't get to pick who you want to you know go home with. <laughs> <laughs> You have to go on the apps. Yeah. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> to the bars. And uh, this uh, this experience that Jose and I both did virtually is theater for one, where it's kind of like me and Jose right now on, on doing the podcast together, where I can't see myself. I just see Jose, and Jose's talking at me, or the actors are talking at you. Yeah, except we don't know how to act. We do not know how to act. No Merrill's here. No Chatwick's here. I saw Nicole Salter. Oh. Did you see that one? No. I felt I have never felt older than when I figured out that I did the whole thing wrong and I was supposed to apparently see more than I was supposed to see four plays and I ended up figuring out only how to see one. <laughs> so I was like lost in the thing. Which is very appropriate because you know, like maybe they were trying to recreate what happens when the MTA delays you and your subway's like half hour late and you miss curtain and then like you go to see like the you know, the second act or whatever. Um Witterly Negotiations by Lydia R. Diamond. Yes, that's what I saw. And Nicole Salter was the actor. Uh, and it was, you know, she was fantastic. And it was, it was so, um, so interesting because I followed the, uh, one of the more, most compelling things about this was that they let us know in advance that we don't have the option to turn our camera off or our sound off. So the actor is aware of us. Do we know what it looks like for them? Like, do, do they get like a little, like, you know, like Brady Bunch grid where they can see the entire audience? Oh, no. 
You were the only audience. I was the only audience. You were the only audience. I thought they were, oh my God, so that means, that, that means I missed, oh God, actors, the other three actors whose work I missed. I am so sorry. I just not to figure out how to navigate that lobby. Oh my God. I sound like a super, 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 super old person. Or like a tourist. Or like a just, no, I don't want to be anxious. I sound like any person who easily gets lost, which I never do. And I got so lost in that digital maze. Remember when I make you like introduce yourself and like mingle with the people in the lobby? Yeah, yeah, the virtual lobby was basically yeah. a giant chat room, which I like. A very nice with, looking chat room where... With floating like letters. You know, words, right? And I was there for so long that I didn't realize that I was late for my play and that I never knew how to actually access the play that I was supposed to go to. So uh, it was like being, you know what? If New World Stages had tiny plays and you have to go like from one to one to one to one because it's kind of like a maze. Um, it's almost like that. Like I missed everything because I didn't know where I was supposed to be. Wait, I, I thought I thought they just turned they just ushered you into the turned you onto the play automatically when it was your time to go in. You could just hang out in the lobby until they gave you to the actor. The cloud just took me to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, and I did two because I asked to do two. Oh, yeah. I'm even more confused now. Yeah, we're all just learning it uh, learning it together. I can't believe you. Th when you heard theater for one, what made you think that? Oh, it's going to be me and a and a bunch of other grids, audience members. Well, because it's because it's. I assume that it's going to be about a cost and all of that. Because it is commercial theater, right? After all, so I assume that it's going to be theater for one because they're telling me it's for one because I'm one on one. But then obviously they're trying to cut like costs and they're trying to be like efficient and all of that. So I assumed that it was just me seeing the person, but then that on the side of the actor, there's going to be like a whole grid where they're seeing all the little squares. Now I'm even, I feel even worse. Actually, I don't because I behaved quite well. Yeah. Oh my God, did I smoke in front of the actor? No, I didn't because I would, I would. No, <laughs> Were you I would looking at your smoke. phone in front of the actor? Oh my God. I don't, I don't think so. No, because I never did that at the theater. So I probably wasn't. And if I, oh God. I don't remember. Now I feel bad. I probably didn't. But I did assume that. And I was like, but I remember sitting there, you know, watching the actual film. She was so great. And I was thinking, is she seeing like a grid? And like, where am I on that grid? Like my mind just like wandered for a little bit. She was just, no, she was just looking at you the entire time. God bless her. I know, because uh, I saw two. I saw Regina Taylor's play Vote, which she performed herself. And it was funny. Like, I came in and I saw her sing at her window. And I was like, hi. <laughs> and, like, she, 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 waved, she waved back and said hi, too. So I'm like, I knew it. You can see me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. But it, it, but it really did. What, what this whole, like, virtual theater thing has been reminding me of is, like, why I go to live theater. Which is, like, the, the thing about Theater for One that's really interesting in this virtual version was the fact that it made me realize that the reason I love theater, one of the reasons, is that I, it, it makes me accountable to people in front of me. Like, I cannot do anything else. I can't look at my phone. I, I can't listen to a podcast. I have, to, I have to stay focused in this moment and watch the thing in front of me, which, you know... As someone who grew up on the internet, it's very hard for me to have attention, to have, like, attention spans. <laughs> and 
And what I really loved about Theater for One and what I hope other people will continue to do is make the audience accountable, like make sure that they cannot, that the actors can see us and we know the actors can see us so that we know that our presence there matters and our focus and attention matters. That's so insightful though, because it shouldn't be like that just with theater. Like we should be present with anyone. Like we should be present when we're talking to someone on the phone. We should be present when we're freaking reading a book and like watching a movie or watching TV. And yet it seems like we can't be still. So especially during quarantine, um, where I find it hard to like even eat. If I'm not like, you know, I have to eat and then like have my phone and then like I'm glued to something on my computer and then I probably have my TV on also. And Taylor Swift is playing my Alexa. So it's this like sensory overload. And I wonder if like in many ways we're just like, you know, like trying to numb ourselves from this fucking mess that we're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you feel really like I, I felt very present in like a and I in the same way that I was present for the the uh, the, the tarot readings. That we, that we both did, mm-hmm. where we're like, I know they're looking at me. I know my presence is important and, and my, you know, acknowledgement of what they're saying is important. And so I can't look at anything else. Right. Well, since I assumed wrongly, like I was very chill. I'm pretty sure I didn't do anything like, you know, bad, but I was, uh, it was a very hard weekend for me when, when I saw that and I think that I, uh, no, I, I know that I appreciate it. Just like the uh, 10 minutes, because they're only 10 minutes. I don't think we've said that, right? Oh yeah, only 10 minutes. Yeah. I appreciate this, the 10 minute break from reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I would have done like a whole bunch. I would have done the entire thing. I think it's like eight plays or something and they're all by people of color. Give them to us. Yes, yes. I'm like, I'll go back. Yeah, it was, oh wow. Oh God, what a week. I know. What a week, lemon, it's, only no i don't i don't even remember my 30 rock jokes anymore <laughs> what a week it's tuesday lemon right? <laughs> yeah you've said that to me before <laughs> it is tuesday lemon but well it's actually monday lemon so i'm saying that to myself today it's only monday even though it's coming on thursday it's only monday in <laughs> our time and by thursday something uh, something really shitty will have happened and that is why sometimes we seem like we're maybe like seven days late to whatever it is that you all are thinking about. Yeah. However, we have aged seven decades during those seven days that happened. Mm-hmm. So fear not. Why don't we talk about something happy and let's go talk about the things instead. Yeah. I mean, I, I had fun at theater for one. Regina Taylor told me to vote, to go and wear my mask and go vote. And I'm going to do that. I signed up to be a poll worker on election day. Go you. Yeah. So. I love it. Regina Taylor is telling you to do something. You go do it. Go do, yeah. Go vote. Now we're going to go talk to Abigail and Sean Bensons, who you know as the Bensons. And they have a new show at the Actors Theater of Louisville called Keep Going On Song. And it's all their work. It's full with hope and lovely music and joy and... Personal uh, anecdotes about their lives. And the woods. So there's... Go talk to him right now. Welcome, Sean and Abigail Benson of the Bensons. Thank you for joining us. And we understand you have released what the kids now call a visual album. Is that what it is? 
I guess you're right. I yes, guess you're right. Oh, we're so much more like Beyonce than I had ever dreamed. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that reality home to us today. Uh, yeah, we made something. We made it with the Actors Theater of, Theater of Louisville. It's called the Keep Going Song. And um, it's a 55-minute sort of piece that you can stream and, and watch. And then it's, we also release the audio of most of it that you can just listen to. Um, that happened. So from the beginning of the video, you, you sang that you were in Louisville and then you, you went to Dayton, because, Ohio, where Sean's parents live because of COVID. And so were you already in Louisville just working on something and then it morphed into this, the Keep Going song? Yeah, we were uh, we were working on this uh, wonderful play by Jeff Augustine um, for the uh, Humana Festival, and we had our uh, our first preview uh, during which um, half of the audience was a uh, high school group where they hadn't like the teachers hadn't vetted the show, and so the uh, the teachers halfway through the show brought got all of the high school students up and walked them all out of the room in our one performance. And the next day, it was all canceled. <laughs> So we uh, we packed our boy up. We were all living living there downtown, and my folks are in Dayton, just a couple hours away. And so we went, you know, and we really did think it was going to take like you know a week or two before they got it all sorted out and things got going again. And then we were there for about six months. What's it like to have like complete strangers come up to you, probably no details about your life, because like you write about your love story so beautifully, and like people are like how dare you did this? Or like, why didn't you go on to stay with him? Or, you know, that kind of thing. Is that weird? <laughs> well, I mean, w we asked for it, right? I mean, we, we made the choice and it, and we really walked backwards into it. We, when we started writing our first show that, that was autobiographical, you know, um, we really tried to, we made it about other characters and we've said it in the forties and we did all this distancing work. And then a lot of collaborators that we really, really trust and respect said it wasn't very good, you know, or it was good, <laughs> but like there was something inherently un, untrue about it. And, and that, that was, that was true. So, yeah, it was sort of abundantly clear to everyone that we had kind of created these like sham versions of ourselves, <laughs> you know, and so uh, uh, and then with that show with 100 Days, it was sort of each version of it was kind of just about trying to break down the walls that we had built between like you sort of to protect ourselves between us and the story. Um, and I think the other thing that was really hard about it, too, is I think part of the reason we fictionalized it at the beginning as well um, is it was hard to not feel like we were asking something that was self-indulgent you know or like navel gazing and uh, uh and so it really took our collaborators saying like no like with the other way to look at that um is the possibility of generosity you know and so that's really been what we've been trying to move towards and writing about our life or singing about our life is thinking about like what is the the generous thing that i could share and it's it's still like you know it's a tricky line to walk yeah um, but yeah, we really walked into it into doing things about us really backwards. We're both pretty shy. We're both very introverted. Mm -hmm. We just have this weird music habit that sort of pushes against our personalities, you know. So um, it really wasn't what we expected to be making, but because the art that we are most interested in is the most sort of vulnerable possible 
now I see it makes sense that that's what we do, you know, or try to try to do attempt at least attempt, <laughs> you know. So uh, Jose and I are both big Taylor Swift fans, and so we're both listening to her Folklore album, which she created in quarantine. And so it's kind of like the, your I'm in the Woods album, and I'm going to make something that inspires me during this time, the Keep Going song. Wow. <laughs> I First Beyonce, now Taylor. <laughs> I've never, I mean, amazing comparisons. I feel like if Taylor had known we were going to drop our album when we did, she probably would have wanted to coordinate with us a little bit more, you know, because they are so similar. Um, we know we just watched it. We watched, watched it for the first time and listened to the album for the first time. And it is, I am so grateful that we have this artifact, you know, of this moment that we, and you can see us freaking working through it. Like we were really so scared right we when it started like from the beginning of this thing and trying to trying to create at that time and what a gift to be asked to create and sort of forced to make stuff at that time when we were feeling between you know the dual public health crises of covid and systemic racism we were like i don't know why i don't know what to say i should probably shut the fuck up for a very long time you know which is real it was just like, I don't know what to make or how to make or how to begin. And and also, I know that I can't heal without making. So those things being true at the same time and wanting to offer what we were what we were really going through without pretending we had reached any conclusions or knew and to be honest that we didn't know what we were doing and to make a piece that felt really sort of aggressively courting anti-perfectionism <laughs> like we to watch us stumble and make it up and and try and try a different thing and um to try to build that into the piece itself felt was really good for us and and personally good and watching it now i'm like oh wow right like there warts and all there we are trying you know, and I, I'm glad for that. That's the thing I'm proud of, that you can see us tr- really sh- trying. <laughs> you know? It's two of you who create something. I mean, there, is there a, was there a moment where the two of you were like, had to, you know, like meet at the same time and be like, okay, like, sure, let's do this. Or was it just like different uh, like paths to get there? Because I don't, I don't want to do anything. I don't know how to do anything right now. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was another kind of walking backwards into it kind of thing where uh, um, this all uh, started from Actors Theatre Louisville asking us to make something for their for their like online season. And they said it could really be anything at all that we want. Um, and uh, uh, and so we'd also been you know, we have all of these sort of this backlog of songs that we'd been wanting to uh you know, just get to uh, develop further and things. Um, but it was like when we set off, it was first, it was just in the context of COVID where I, I did sort of understand the role for my voice a little more. And then like, as we were working on it, um, you know, everything erupted with Brianna Taylor and the, and the whole uh, beautiful movement. And it did, uh, uh, I. And working in with people in specifically Louisville. Specifically in 
under yes. the leadership of the incredible Robert Barry Fleming, it was it was humbling, and we were just trying to. But well, part of it was, was like they gave us permission. We missed deadlines, and then yeah. more deadlines, and then more deadlines because we were like, mm. we're making a thing, and <laughs> and we're and we're trying to uh, reach hearts in isolation because of COVID. And then we were like, wait, actually, it's this. No, actually, it's this because, and we had to sort of move at the speed of of spirit of um, personal transformation, right? Because I I would feel like okay this is what I want to sing about. And then another day would pass. And, and I feel like we were so many, we were all there of another day would go and you go, that was one day. The world has changed so much again. How could it be? And how, so we, you know, they were so kind to us that we would say like, it's still not done. In fact, we, we were two thirds done and now it's not begun, yeah. you know? And <laughs> we did and, a lot of things where we would make a certain amount down the road and then scrap it all. Be like, and what are we over. doing? You know? So, um, but what it is, you know, what, um, what is amazing I'd say about making things with your, the person with whom you are the most honest, right. Is that, um, you can't hide, <laughs> you can't hide. You really, um, the way that I am in my art is the way that I want to be with him because it is the way that I am with him. So it's an attempt at bringing my, my deepest self, you know, which is very exposing. And, and I'm sure for some people like, all right, a little, okay, you can, you can put some of that away, but um, yeah. that's, that's the and nature think, of what we do. You I know? do think like one of the core uh, threads of our work, like the core thing that we're trying to investigate is doubt and uncertainty you know, and trying to live in that space of not knowing and which is, I feel like so much of, of my life is just like utter confusion, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, uh, in, in the end it was just like allowing ourselves just to lean into those points and not trying to provide answers, but just to live in our, in our questions. Um, and, uh, and that's, and that is like with, with working on it together, um, yeah, there just there is no lying like Abigail can see in my face immediately if I try to put on something, you know. Okay, you're gonna make me cry. I'm like so sensitive today, and I'm like, this is so romantic. Oh, <laughs> oh honey, you let him flow. You're in, you're <laughs> no, in the I, right company. I can't. I I wish I could, but I was like, oh my god, this is so cute. Like, I just want to be like, oh my god. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it is it is really cute. Sorry. Um, I don't even know what I was gonna say anymore. So I was like, oh my god, this is so adorable. <laughs> but I, I've always, you know, I, I wondered uh, if you ever envisioned, you know, like a uh, someone, you know, playing versions of you uh, in a movie or something. Like, who would be your dream cast? <laughs> you two would be yes. amazing. <laughs> no, we don't know how to sing. <laughs> We're not <laughs> actually married. <laughs> and you You're would not. sue us. Well, like, a lot of people think we're attached us. to the hip, but we're... <laughs> <laughs> maybe at the hip, but nowhere else, right? I mean, are you kidding me? That's like the most exciting. That started to happen with our with our first show, Hundred Days, right? It's it got licensed and it's starting to be performed in in where it was. It was everything started to get canceled, but it was everywhere, and and we got to write this like huge mission statement at the front of it that was like, please, like may th- may this be 
a queer love the story. May this be people who don't look like us. Put three of us on and make it a poly story. Like, find a way. You know what I mean? Just like, right? I mean, like, it's so very moving to me to take it outside, let it live outside of our our bodies. Oh, my gosh. And who would play us? You, You want it to be like an every woman. So... Um, your Halle Berries, you know, just people who like everyone can relate to. That's who I feel like is most like me. If there's ever a movie about any of this, which is incredibly has become possible, like, but like who the hell knows, right? Like we're in that moment. (laughs) I just hope it's like someone who, who isn't afraid to sing in an ugly way sometimes. I I can do a Banshee scream. I'll do it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Since Abigail, you brought this up earlier about like this question of what can I do right now, especially, you know, as white people. And for me, like I'm Asian, which is like very white adjacent most of the time. Like, what do you think white people should be doing? Oh, <laughs> or white artists God. in particular? Like what? It's, yeah. No, what it's, an it's, incredible, it's, really that's been... the question of every single day. I think part of it is to be, I mean, I, you and I might have yeah, different no, answers. Please. Part of it for me is to be asking that question actively every day and being honest that I don't know, right? Just every day being like, and when I thought I knew, I knew even less than I do now. So let's look, let's investigate, let's get open, let's listen, let's ask again, ask again, and then ask another time over and over and do your homework by yourself. My God. (laughs) And um, so I'm learning about that. I'm, you know, we're on, we're talking to a lot of other white artists about this question and what that looks like. And then, but it's a, it's, it's an incredible gift we've been handed to be so humbled. You know, it's an incredible gift to be reminded of something that, um, we sh- that should have been as active in our minds as it is today and it should have always been and it was for so many of our siblings and to be given the chance to be told how wrong we've been is a gift you know and then we get to keep making things what a gift so i yeah. i don't know man the answer is i don't know what we should be doing and i think we should if, if for me personally it's about creating without the hierarchy of pretending I know. Yeah, no, we really, we really have this, like every, every creative process has really been coming from this question. Um, and I do think like part of it at the, at its first level is like, if we're offered a gig, it's like, is this actually a gig I should be taking, you know? And like, if I've already got, you know, three or four other things going in particular, you know, do I also need this? Yeah, and uh, uh, I think we've been trying to think a lot about, you know, who are the uh, the BIPOC voices on the producing side, too, and how can we help support them and their and their missions, and like whether through creating something or just trying to, you know, bring whatever sort of, you know, our, our very small like little pinhole of public light that we could shine, um, and uh, and just really like thinking about it within the art just trying to recognize um, what about where we are in our career and what about my viewpoint stems from my, from my whiteness, Um, you know? And so uh, 
and it has been been tricky to also find the line we've uh you know we've been really doing a lot of stabs and trying to share with our collaborators both our white collaborators and our bike poc collaborators um and trying to find the line between like what is like being me being generous and open about uh trying to reckon with my whiteness and what is uh you know, I, I feel like the, the example that we've been thinking of is like um, the experience of, you know, uh, of a Jewish person coming in and watching a Holocaust show, you know, and like maybe that Jewish person would like some warning before watching a Holocaust show. And so also trying to think about like if I am talking about my whiteness and some of the damage that my community has caused, like also what you know, how much of that is for me to process on my own and how much of that is for me to try to uh, speak about publicly and what impact does it have on, on our, on our, uh, on the people who are with us or, or watching or listening who are, um, from, you know, different backgrounds. And I really, you know, I don't have any, I don't, I really don't have any answers. We're really just actively stumbling through. Um, and it was like when this all went down, we really did, uh, reckon for, for a long time about whether, you know, whether it was, even good for us to be making art or us to be trying to put anything into the world. And is that, is that, uh, contributing and generous or is it, um, taking up, space. taking up space. And it's both. Yeah. That's the truth. You know, it's so I, I think so. Um, thank you for asking. Yes. Ask me again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Ask me again tomorrow, and I'll ask myself again, and we'll ask each other. Keep asking. Since you, you say that your art is that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, your art is those two things, is there art specifically by BIPOC uh, artists that has, you know, let you, I guess, have empathy and, like, enter those people's minds and wear their shoes we, uh, you know, the show we were working at in Louisville is by Jeff Augustine, who's a, a Haitian American, and it was specifically about the experience of, you know, it's like loosely autobiographical about his journey with his father, um, both being uh, Haitian American men, you know, separated by thirty years in their experience of finding their way in the world, and it's it's just a, a beautiful play, which is very much. Um, living with this question of what it what it meant to walk through their their lives you know in in the bodies that they had um and it's uh it was also being at louisville was so extraordinary too because louisville was being there it was it was one of the most genuinely diverse and inclusive theater spaces we've ever been in you know i feel like one of the most uncomfortable experiences of being a New York theater artist is the first day of rehearsal when the theater staff comes into the room, you know, and it'll be 80 people and 75 of them will be white, you know, and often like the, you know, the five people of color, usually four of them are in the cast, you know, and it's just, and it was so amazing being in Louisville. And that was my first time that not being the case. Um, and so, and I feel like we were also, trying to deal with it in the room is Abigail and I were performing on stage. And so there are our two actors um, uh, who are both black and us who are both white and just trying to work out as a team um, how us being there was supporting their voice, 
you know, and, and supporting their story um, without taking away from it. So I, I think like it was a real gift to us being in that process and already our, I feel like our brains are already primed a little bit heading in. Um, and uh, we've also just been reading a lot, um, uh, whatever we can, we can find. Um, uh, uh, I've, I've been loving uh, Ibram X. Condi's books and uh, uh, Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi. I said his name wrong, didn't I? Um, and uh, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates and um, just trying to read everything we, we can. How can you read? Like, I can't concentrate on any book and any fiction. Like, <laughs> all, I be, all I was doing at first was, you know, and I wore this for you, my Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the only thing I, I could focus on. So. Uh, I, uh, I was just, uh, had my birthday last month and I got a switch. Woo! Happy birthday. <laughs> there we go, got me one. I'll send you my amazing. friend card. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Y'all yeah. can make a musical together on Animal Crossing. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'll be in the audience. I don't know how to, how to sing. <laughs> Yeah, no, right? I feel like my brain has is has had to rewire itself like six times in the last six months. <laughs> I totally relate to reading feeling really hard. Yeah. But n- nerd stuff will always pull you through. <laughs> get on that game. Get on that game. Do it. Yes. So the last thing I saw you two in was, was a Lucky Ones, which was about uh, in a traumatic thing that happened in, in Abigail's family. And... Uh, and like you know, I was listening. I was listening to "Keep Going" song, and I and I just found it so comforting because the two of you are talking about we're trying to work through uncertainty, and I like the fact that there's not a resolution to the album. It's very. It just ends. You know, I feel like you, you can have a part two after you figure out what how to get through this. Like you'll give us a part two with the answers. But for now, <laughs> I'm finding, and for the first time in my life, just being in one place and just. And just accepting the fact that I don't know is comforting. And so, like, I'm just wondering, because you've you've both been through, like, some traumatic, hard times in your own lives. And so what kind of tools have you built that you're using now that you can maybe give to me? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'll show you mine and you show me yours, okay? Um, Wow. Yeah, I mean, for... For me, the ma- making things and singing is a huge, huge part of my of being okay. Um, or if not being okay, s- being sitting in the not okayness in a way that doesn't make it worse. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so there's that. And then um, I, it was a real gift to be in. Dayton when we were because I we started a little garden with our little boy and a trampoline and we got a trampoline (laughs) and we started a little garden and and um gosh it's like I remember when I was um I used to years ago watch joggers run by and I would make fun of them in my head I'd be like what are you running from you know (laughs) And then I became a jogger and like it just be like took over everything about my identity that I just like wanted to run all the time because it made me feel good. And um, I feel that a little bit that way about a lot of other self-care practices that I've kind of rejected in the past. Um, I think because on some level I was afraid of them and now I'm coming to. So 
trying to meditate in, in a way and whatever that means to me, praying in my own strange agnostic, atheistic, paganistic, Jew-esque, you know, way that I have and, and being in the world, just being in the dirt and in the trees and, you know, which um, I was raised in, but then turned from in a certain way. And I'm coming home to now, which is hard, but good. I feel like, for, but, and then like, just to get real, when the shit's bad, I, I think about liquid. So take a shower, drink some water, like hydrate your spirit. <laughs> get, some, get some liquid on you and in you and it will help. Yeah. I, I thought you meant alcohol when you said liquid. I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> that's next. If you really, you know, that's 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 for when you need to cry. Get get some liquor mm. in you, and, and that'll help you help you mm. get weeping if you need to. <laughs> but if you need to stop, take a shower. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, go ahead. Is there like one thing that on March thirteenth you were like, "How am I gonna live without this?" And now you're like, "I don't miss that thing." at all anymore yes we used to uh we used to go to a coffee shop every single morning like no matter where we were in the world you know and like buy the like eight dollar latte <laughs> and uh i was so heartbroken about that when the uh uh you know it was really like the whole like structure of our day was built around this experience and it was also like having a young child you know like having a reason to get out of the house right away you know, is uh, so important for the spirit. And it was really uh, weirdly hard um, to figure that part out. But we really have, I mean, I've, I'll, I'll be excited to get to go to a cafe again when it like that stuff opens up. But we really uh, uh, have like now figured out a new groove with our boy and with our life, um, which I think is ultimately not only saving us hundreds of dollars a month, but is real sweetness. Where did we think that money was coming from? It's like, <laughs> right? I I don't know. I, I feel like, you know how New York, like you have a thousand choices every second, mm. which is an astonishing thing to feel. Um, and there's so like there's so much no money fun like there's so much you can do even when you're totally broke I feel you know there's like uh, options 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 and with that for me it turns out comes panic 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 <laughs> like am I like this feel like am I am I living am I doing am I am I achieving and and to just say to be like sit down stop you know <laughs> stop it was incredible and and really uncomfortable and now i'm really like into it you know i'm like okay when i'm freaking out when i when it feels urgent when when the world's an emergency again what if it's not what if i what if it's not in in my body like what if i'd stop for a minute and take a breath and be active and responsive but not reactive all the time you know and stop that like circuit cycle that I that I've been on and that singing for me has short circuited and allowed me to be in the moment right so how do I get there now and I, I don't know but it's nice I, I miss the zoo with my little one a lot <laughs> I miss the zoo yeah. and I miss um the carousel like there are things that he misses that I miss on his behalf 
Um, but for me, the removal of so many possibilities has has refocused. It's it's something to grieve, but it's also refocused me in a way. There's I don't a, know. What yeah. about you guys? Yeah. What about you guys? I'm <laughs> I'm feeling overwhelmed by talking about myself. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no, one, no one ever asks us the question, so we don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've no, also I'm, yeah. I've also started gardening. I mean, I I I, I never thought I would. Like, because I never had time to, like, maintain or to beautify my own living space. And so, and I didn't think it was necessary because I'm never in my space. That, it's I it's thought it was, work. I thought it was kind of dumb. And yeah. that's what I feel bad about. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Word. And now you're like, this plant is my it's, spirit and it's yeah. and if i take care of it it's gonna take care of me yeah it's like i can't control anything else in my life but you know if i can keep this thing alive then i feel like i've accomplished something at least today and yes. isn't that like the whole this whole moment that's the whole moment is like can i i feel especially in theater we're like if i can keep this little seed alive you know <laughs> And plant it and let it become something we haven't seen before so that when things reopen, we're not going back to the same old bullshit, but something new is growing. We will have, won't that be extraordinary? Won't, you know, won't that be amazing? Won't that have been, so I feel like watching the plants, it's like, oh, look, they're doing, they just do it every day. They're just like, me, 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 I'm a seed. I'm doing my thing. That's absolutely been what's gotten me through is being outside as much as possible. And that's been the crazy privilege of first getting to, uh, to be in Dayton. And now we're in Vermont um, and uh, uh, with Abigail's uh, home um, is getting to be outside and uh, outside with our boy. And uh, uh, especially at the beginning, like we found like the one like Creek and Dayton that like the other people hadn't found, you know, like all the others were slammed. <laughs> we found like the one. I had to like walk back in the woods too. And it was just like, it was just really, really extraordinary. And I, I feel like that was the start of my feeling like I could get through this is finding that little bit of water. Um, and, uh, uh, and what a, what a, what a rare privilege, you know, that our work can follow us where we are and that, you know, and we're, we're, yeah. we're healthy, you know, and uh, yeah. not yet destitute. Um, not yet (laughs) we're burning through it (laughs) we're also trying like some of it's amazing right like we're trying to compose music choral music that can be sung over zoom in groups like music that works with delay and works with distance rather than being interrupted by it like we're trying to create in a way that that embraces the uh, what is happening you know? <laughs> and not and not push against it and and um that feels really really good to be and that was part of the keep going song idea was to try to not try to make something that that was trying to look like a theater piece or trying to look like a a movie you know make something that just was what we could do on our iPhones right now you know yeah um and I, I do feel like the that other... That part feels exciting. Yes, you it know, does. Coming up with some new stuff or new to us. And I feel like the amazing thing about this moment, too, is that so much about the American theater model, I feel like, was already really profoundly broken. And I feel like what a, what a, you know, what a hard, sad, but maybe also good thing that to ha- have to break it entirely, you know, and like maybe we can put it back together better. 
is it was uh, I feel like it was still all of our structures were designed for like white men with wives, you know, so like uh, just also being any sort of caretaker or caregiver or like having any sort of life outside the theater just like doesn't or not doesn't, being independently wealthy, not being independently or... wealthy, you know, it's like. It was just a, it's a really messed up, uh, flawed system. So I really do hope that, you know, and we're, we're trying, like, that is the nice thing with being, uh, creators on some of the projects is we do have a little bit more power about how the project will work and how the, you know, the rehearsals and texts and like how we can, uh, you know, we have a little bit of control over how things work out financially and like, maybe we can try to make it actually work better. Yeah. And like, that was part of it too, right? was when the cycle of the Broadway cycle and all that hoo-ha just freaking stopped, it also made me unclench this part of me that was barreling towards that. Just feeling like I need my fucking Tony, you know, which isn't even, it's not what I'm about. It's not what I make. It's not who I am, you know? And I think I imagined that I was like some kind of Trojan horse like I was going to like, like get in onto the Broadway stages, but then secretly I was this other, we were making this other kind of thing. And, and then I was like, what if we're just building, like we're going to end up being experts at building huge wooden horses full of what, you know what I mean? I was just like, <laughs> uh Oh, like, what am I buying into by caring about, about this part of the business, you know? And, um, I can't help it. I still, it's in me. I'm wired. I, I want to have a hit Broadway musical, like whatever that freaking means. I want that thing, you know, and I have to really look now. I needed to look at it years ago, but now I'm like, wow, stop. What? Yeah. <laughs> Who, what, what do you want to put in the world? You know, if Broadway, when Broadway comes back, what could it be that could be that could be more, better, different, deeper, older, fresher, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do I have a place in that or not? You know, I don't know. Maybe it could be better though. Maybe it you could know. be better. Maybe we don't have Maybe to just go cost. back. To the, right. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to just be like business as usual, you know, let's, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just realized that you're the first you know, set of parents that we've had on a show, mm-hmm. right? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're, uh, I was going to say Brad Angelina, but those aren't a thing anymore. Who's like a, you're Tom Hanks and Frida, I guess. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z? We are. <laughs> we are. We're Tom Hanks and Beyonce. That's right. <laughs> um, no, but I, I was thinking about that because uh, so strange. I mean, that's strange. And this is a question that's probably more for like, you know, general uh, knowledge uh, than for, you know, theater uh, specific stuff. But every time that I talk to friends and there's a little kid around, they at some point will come to the phone and take the phone and start talking to me. And, <laughs> and so I love kids. Like, I love kids. Like, it's, I find it really adorable. But I don't know how parents are able to explain what's happening to their children because, I mean, we don't understand it. And, you know, Kids suddenly not having, you know, their friends or going to school and, you know, doing all the things that they used to do. Uh, how do you do yeah. it? Yeah, I, it was with our boy, you know, he's uh, he'll turn four in a couple of weeks. So when this started, um, I don't know, we uh, 
he only sort of understood what was happening and we didn't like we didn't go into it super deep with him and now it's been long enough that like masks are normal you know they're like he doesn't have all that many you know like now that it's been seven months or eight months or whatever that's long enough that he doesn't have a ton of concrete memories from before it started so it just like is normal right you know um so it's also because of the way our our life worked we were traveling all the time with him and we were always you know every which way and so that like five months that we spent in ohio was the longest he had spent without without traveling in one home since he was born you know so it was like i i feel like we were lucky in like the age that he was that you know we could just sort of like skate into it but I do think it is like, you know, if he was even six months older when it started, it would have been really different. And I do know it's um, it's a really intense thing for our, our friends who are parents and, you know, Goodness, and like yes. as sad as we are, like a lot of kids are really sad, too. Yeah. So I think it's I think they just like talk about it, you know, like there's a there's there's a sickness going around and we just have to stay healthy. And and I'm I am really grateful that uh, it doesn't seem to affect children as profoundly as it does you know like i i don't know where my heart would be if it was flipped do you know what i mean which is how which is how most of human history was you know like up until 100 years ago something like 50 percent of children died before age 12 or something like that we're also just in such a weird bubble in human history uh you know where to be a parent isn't automatically to be heartbroken in that way you know like all, you just go back to our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, and, like, you know, they would have 12 kids because seven of them would die. Um, it, it is so bonkers. I think bonkers. about, like, for me, it's about I, ever since we, realizing we were going to be parents, I feel like everything we make, there's some part of it that, for me, is, like, this little time capsule for him. Like, I want, like, making the lucky ones was very much about which is a, a deep processing, a deep and prayerful processing of my, of part of my family story that was the hardest for me. And it had to do with how will I tell him, you know, and I think part of making the keep going song, you know, it really is, or whatever we were making at any time, but it really is like, how, how, what do I want him to know of, of us and of this moment? And what could I, offer him and it's crazy to think that someday he might watch you know and and have a different understanding of of this time um from our point of view and i hope and that's part of why i just hope it's so full of love you know (laughs) that he finds it and and um knows that even if i don't know how this moment moment will be remembered it might be remembered as as only horror i don't know but there was beauty here you know there were people planting for the first time there were people in the revolution there were people leaders far braver than i us you know doing extraordinary things and that was happening too and i hope and that's quieter sometimes and slower and smaller and harder to put on the news but it's happening you know and so i like the idea of all of us who are still creating you and your amazing podcast you know like who are trying that there are these little capsules that say we still cared for one another in this you know 
I do every once in a while, like I'll, you know, I'll think about like what would it have been to be alive during one of those big changing full moments in history, you know, like be alive in the sixties or, you know, be in Cuba in the forties and the fifties or like, um, you know, just like what would it have felt like to be alive then? But I, I do feel like that's the other thing is I think we are living through one of those moments. We're living through a moment of profound change and uncertainty. Um, and, uh, uh, and there's a privilege in that and getting to be a part of it in any small way. Are y'all coming back? Is yeah. New York, or is New York dead? No, God, right. <laughs> no, New York is unkillable. Um, I, I do also really, I have a hope that it might like New York could be like 80s, 90s a little bit. You know what I mean? I feel like 80s, the uh, New York, it's gotten like, there's been a lot that's been beautiful about it. But I feel like it's also become like TGI Fridays, you know, and I feel like the gap is leaving. TGI Fridays is leaving, you know, and like maybe maybe some of the uh, the weirder New York can come can come back in. Um, you know, and maybe actually people can afford to live there again. You know, when that I mean, be nice? not people like us, but no. there might be people. <laughs> no, yeah. we still have our apartment in Queens. We're never leaving all the way. You know, like we we can't. The idea of we have like a tiny mm-hmm. one bedroom railroad in Queens. Yeah. So and, living there all the time with our three year old would be a huge mistake. But um, so we'll be yeah. back. We're gonna we're gonna start doing um, some open air concerts before too long and i'm we're not supposed to say when yet because then people might gather because <laughs> <laughs> it's like people have to keep moving or it's all called off is the way it works mm-hmm. but it will happen and i will yeah. te- i will i will email you when i it miss does. new york dearly we got to go back for just like a little a little period and it was really beautiful to see and uh you know and we don't have any child ca- uh, any child care there or like any real way to, for our life to function right now but it was really, it was very Still emotional the best place in the to world, be there. Yeah. And I love it so much. Yeah. We got to go out to Far Rockaway and see the ocean. And it's like, ah, New York. <laughs> so we'll be back. And, I'll say, and the bagels miss you also. So we have to oh, oh. <laughs> Give me some gluten. <laughs> wow. So thank you so much for doing this. It was a pleasure. And do you want to tell our viewers and our listeners uh, about everything they have coming up, except for the outdoor? <laughs> right the secret yeah. um we well the... we have the album up on spotify mm-hmm. and wherever you listen to albums we can you can <laughs> you can stream it's a it's a sliding scale um ticket on the actors theater of louisville website and it's going through like october 8th yeah it's october 9th yeah so you got some time yeah. but but check it out mm-hmm. and not just our work but uh, i mean there's so much amazing streaming work and I feel like there's a little barrier to entry. Like it's hard to do it when Netflix is right there, but like give her a shot, not just ours, but um, the people are making really extraordinary new ideas right now, I think. So if you got it in, you stream West wing, take a break, stream a piece of theater and go back is what I would say. I'm looking forward to your zoom musical with a delay. Yeah. Yeah. Join us. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. Is it just me or do you also want the Bengsons to adopt you? (laughs) Is that even possible? They're like maybe two years older than us. So? (laughs) (laughs) They can be like Brad and Angelina and we can be like, you know, they're, they're, I was going to say like Donovan, no. 
They're like posse of kids of from different countries. Right over the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that, 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 was, that was so lovely. I, I, think, I think the theme of this episode is like, none of us knows what's happening and we're just functioning. Yeah, the best. but in the meantime, here's the Bensons to like cheer you up and like give you some hope. Mm-hmm. And or at the very least, some like very reassuring music. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, and now, speaking of things that give us that give us hope, if you're a Patreon subscriber, thank you for continuing to do that and for giving us motivation to continue to do this work. Uh. Jose, do you want to do you want to talk about why, if people are not Patreon subscribers, why they should be Patreon subscribers? Because we're poor and we're exhausted, and we have a million other jobs, and we really want to do this more often, and we really want to take more time doing this because we love doing it. A dollar a month makes such a huge difference because it'll allow us to concentrate more on this project that we both really love, and that we wanna we wanna be able at some point to have enough money to commission pieces by other BIPOC journalists and critics and people who want to become critics. And right now we really need your help. And, you know, it's a buck a month. If you want to do more than that, may all the saints in every religion and all the, you know, deities bless you. Um, but yeah, dollars, all it takes. And we have bonuses with that. We have goodies. We have a weekly newsletter. We have exclusive videos. We have outtakes of interviews and we have more content on our patron and we know you don't expect us to do all of that but we want to give you a little something extra uh, in addition if you're able to contribute and the cool thing I think well one of the coolest things is that if you become a patron at any level at the end of the video on YouTube there's like the credit sequence and your name's going to be there you can tell you can show your you know, your disapproving parents or boyfriends or girlfriends will ever see i'm doing something good for the world sometimes when there's a lot of shit going on in the world i'm just thinking what 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 is token theater friends like what are we contributing to this conversation so i hope that we're contributing you know some comfort to you all sources of joy and show showing you that there's still beauty and and people making things are worth looking at and people talking about justice in all areas of life and uh, if you love if you love our podcast, we you can find the podcast on YouTube, and we also have a website tokentheaterfriends.com, where you can read all of our writings. We we do a lot, and if you like us, you know, feel free to be a Patreon, rate us on iTunes. That would really help. Uh, I think that's it. Is there anything else yeah. you want to say to the people? No, I just want to say maybe that as things keep, you know, de-progressing in the world, bear with us if we're a little slow sometimes, because it's a two-person ship, boat, train, I don't know, you name your vehicle. And sometimes we're going to lag a little bit because we're human beings, and we know you understand, but thank you for understanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and now I got to go write something for the site, because I haven't written something for the site in a couple weeks. Go have fun. I'll do the same. And oh, and we will see you next week. Yep. And you'll hear us next week also. All right. Bye. And we'll come back forever, which is.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.